Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Moth. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, guys? Alex is in tomorrow, and I'm in today. That's legitimately what's going on. How crazy is that? Yeah, I'm on May 7th. We're time traveling here, using the yeah. power of time zones and the international dateline. Crazy, yeah. So Alex and I Alex and I have not actually seen each other for weeks. Um, I've been ripping up the local modern scene, playing weird brews and getting people all jazzed up about Lanessa Zephyr Mage, and he's just been spending time in China. Yeah, I, I would say I've been I've been playing some magic in good old Hong Kong and uh, met some sweet guys, fans of the cast, um, and uh, we went out and uh, you know played some commander, played some modern. It was great. Uh, That's fun. Yeah, I, I went, traveled all around the world just to play Magic the Gathering. Yeah, that's the whole reason you're in Hong Kong. So, guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute. We have so much, so much has happened. We took a week off right in the middle of some craziness, and there's just a lot to cover. So, Kess, do you want to just ramble through some stuff that happened? Yeah, uh, Wizards of the Coast has banned and unbanned multiple cards, added entire ban lists to Commander Online, then added a second ban list because people freaked out, and so now there's a four-player Commander list on Moto starting in July when they do the Moto update, and there will be a dual Commander ban list for League play. Uh, what else did they do? They banned Copycat, and then or they didn't ban Copycat during the banning announcement, and then they proceeded to follow that up with a, an emergency ban of copycat a week later uh, for those of you that are like wondering what copycat is just in case that's Sahili Rai compared with the Felidar guardian it's basically stand it's 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 sorcery speed splinter twin and standard that there was unrest about in the new format and they yeah like you said they slow rolled the banning on it I don't know if they slow rolled it I, I think it's the like definition of an emergency ban which I think is fascinating uh, what else did they do? Um, we tell got... me about the commander. Tell me about the commander thing a little bit. I don't know that much about it. Okay, so basically, uh, Wizards of the Coast on Moto to uh, foster a one v one commander format, uh, which is, I think, primarily how it's played, anyways. On uh, the on Moto uh, Magic Gathering Online, uh, they created a new ban list. It's kind of based on the duels plans, you know, duels bans list. There's a duels commander ban list, which is like a French. Uh, group that kind of cur- uh, uh, cultivates that, and so they, they it's not exactly that, but they're you know using that kind of format. So Soul Ring is banned, like all these different things are banned, and then the internet freaked out because a it means that you can't play Commander like you can in Paper Commander on Moto, which has its I guess problems, uh, and b you know it looks like Wizards might be trying to take over the Commander ban list, and this is what they would do. Uh, the fascinating thing to me was is literally so like a week before Wizards doesn't ban copycat uh and and uh bans top in legacy which is probably deserved uh and then it's a big immediately, one, yeah. and then later that day the and like everyone's like oh wizards doesn't know what they're talking about they are terrible at banning cards why, why didn't they ban copycat and then later that day uh the commander group that uh you know is the official managers of that ban list and the format for commander uh unbanned um Oh, what's it? What's the big green guy that lets you cheat? Equal to no, 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 lets you cheat uh, creatures into play. Based oh, on Elvish power. Piper. No, no, Flash. Oh, 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 uh, oh. Pro- Proteon Hulk. Yeah, they unbanned Proteon Hulk, uh, which everyone thought was a little silly. But then they also banned uh, Leovold, which is the new green, black, blue commander that just made everything miserable. He uh, he was a very easy commander to lock people out of the game on. Um, and Got it. Probably a good thing he's gone. But then everyone was like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. Why do they have all the power? Wizards should take over the ban list. And then a week later, Wizards bans a bunch of, creates their own version of a commander ban list on Moto, and everyone hates it. So it's like this weird, like, back and forth on who everyone wants to do bannings in <laughs> Magic. Crazy. Um, but uh, they then, uh, a couple days later, or maybe literally the next day, rescinded and said that this will be the dual commander ban list for uh, commander leagues on Moto. And then when they update uh, Magic the Gathering Online, they'll add a second format called uh, four-player commander, basically, or like multiplayer commander. And that will have the ban list that's created by Sheldon and then the commander kind of uh, group. Crazy. So- commander ban list. 
So Commander is kind of slowly but surely like moving more in a direction of 1v1, like a little bit spikier, and there's sort of there's some growing pains involved in that. That's pretty interesting, considering we play Highlander Roulette all the time, which is kind of that. I mean, minus obviously the Commanders, but it's that same singleton 1v1 sort of style. Yeah, I think there's definitely, because there's also, uh, you know, there's Canadian Highlander, there's Highlander Roulette, there's just classic Highlander. There's all these different 100-card singleton format, competitive formats, and I think they're just kind of deciding, you know what, Commander, the Commander... Since Commander is already pretty adopted and we have this system and that's a unique way to play, let's just make that our online 100-card singleton official battle format. You know, I think the issue with that, and we should move on from this because I know this is not what we're supposed to be here talking about, but I do think that there's an issue with that, which is that I think when you're playing with the variants of multiplayer, having a system where you have the same single card as a possibility in every matchup is a little bit more okay because you have that sort of politics nature of like, if you come out the gates really strong and really spike, there's going to be enough people at the table that you can't just... Like, if there were a strategy in Commander to build a deck and just come out right and beat three other people every time, that's the strategy that would get played. So obviously there's a balance to things. But I think that if you're going 1v1, it does take a lot of the variance out of it because you are always going to have access to the one card. Yes and no, because you also are losing all of the other consistency of having having the ability to have four of a single card in a deck. So because true, true. you're now playing with 100-card singleton, that's kind of has always been the point, is you, know, you lose that... You gain that consistency of having a commander. Though it's a limited card type, and there's, you know, and they will ban cards that become too powerful because they combo too consistently. Like, there are, there are a lot of commanders that are banned uh, for that reason, Leovold being one of them. Um, but then if you look at Moto, or then if you look at the rest of the deck, it's very hard to guarantee you'll get any card. Um, so do you think that, it's popular. Do you think that it'll mean that you're going to see a lot more people playing 1v1 Commander not online? Because, because there is this uh, fostering of this movement? I think it definitely could. Um, that's kind of a little bit of what people were worried about, is that people would just start adopting the online Commander format. Um, I'll, I'll probably end up building at least one commander battle deck, 1v1 deck, based on the moto ban list, just to have it with me and see how it, what it's like in the real world um, and, and kind of figure that out. What's cool is Primeval Titan is legal, so I get to do all of the green-black Primeval Titan shenanigans, and I might, you know, see, what, cool. see where that gets me. Sweet. All right, well, so that's what's going on there. Um, those are the big banning announcements, all the crazy stuff that's happened. Then, aside from that, um, what else have we missed since we've, we've taken the week off? Um, Amaket's out. Amaket is sick. Uh, I guess we didn't really hammer two in on top being banned in Legacy, but it was probably a long time coming and probably better for everyone. Though I do think from a commander perspective, the fact that all of these Legacy players are going to either get rid of their tops or put them in their commander decks means that top is going to be more ubiquitous in commander, which is probably a net negative. Right coming from a player that plays with top in every deck he plays in Commander. But, sure, sure, uh, sure. That, that card just makes every tournament or every game go so much longer. Um, right. I mean, that's, the, that's the whole... Like unsustainable. Yeah. That's like the problem with the card. and always has been the problem with the card. Um, and then Miracles has been like the best deck in that format for maybe three years straight, and that's probably too long. Right. Speaking of Miracles, I think there's a legitimate possibility now that I've been thinking about other weird brews to play Miracles in modern with uh, new Nissa, which I think is cool and I'm interested in. But anyway, let's continue moving through the subject. So guys, we're going to do a bunch of cool stuff today. There's like uh, three three things to cover. Number one, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, find us on Twitter at the MMCast. You can find Kessler at Kess Wiley, me at Ben Bait Media, and you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the MMCast. Please go there and help us. It helps us stay in business doing what we're doing. Um, so that's all the, the plugs and shout outs. Uh, two things we're doing today. Um, Alex, are you still alive? I can't hear you. I, I died. I'm no longer uh, here. This is he's... now robot Alex. Hong Kong has replaced me with a robot. So we are doing a couple things today. Number one, we are going to cast the Planeswalkers in the Magic movie. This comes from a, an idea brought up by a listener of my station, the Anchor Station, uh, which is 10 Minutes of Magic, where it was cast the original five, Lorwyn, the, the Lorwyn Five. So I did that, and uh, from there we decided let's actually adopt that and do a whole episode on the, the Gatewatch. We're going to cast the Gatewatch, which Alex knows infinitely more about the story, so he'll have a direction there. And we'll explain the details of that in a second. The other thing, if you've been following along on Twitter or anything like that, you know that I've been obsessing over this funky new brew I've been working on with Lanessa Zephyr Mage. Um, 
it's been shared on Twitter and everything, and I've had a lot of questions about it, and I've gotten to play some games with it. So at the very end of this, we're going to do a little, like, five to ten minute uh, deck deck on it. And lastly, lastly, last night, uh, I had a conversation with uh, my girlfriend, Roxy, who uh, lives here in Los Angeles. She's an actress and a producer and all these things. And, uh, and another friend of ours in the entertainment industry, and I was like, we want to do this magic casting Planeswalkers thing. And they don't know anything about magic. So I gave them like a little description and a picture. I showed them a picture of the Lorwyn 5, and they like just rambled for two and a half minutes on each one about like, based on the information they had, who they would cast, which I think we're going to share. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, do you want to do that at the end of the episode or once we kind of give our casting things so that we don't... Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll spoil yeah, yeah. some stuff. We'll share it. So yeah, yeah, right. we'll share it at the end after the deck deck. If you guys want to hear what some non-magic players would think, um, you guys can do that. And but they're like, it. they're like, both of them are TV kind of. They're like, they do after shows, they do reviews, so they're they're very knowledgeable about kind of the acting side of this conversation. Oh my um, my yeah, my girlfriend's got two scripts in production. She's like in Hollywood, and and the guy is an actor who's been on television. Like they're both people in the industry who are very aware of what's going on, which is why I thought it would be an interesting exercise. So, yeah, so we were, and then, I mean, both of us are relatively knowledgeable about this, so it's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, Absolutely. I'm ready to start when, I'm ready to start when you are. Yeah, let's do uh, it, man. I got, okay, so, so, as Ben kind of explained to him, uh, the, the audio clips we'll play at the end are meant for the Allura 1.5, but today we'll be talking about the Gatewatch, partly because, as we all are very aware, the Gatewatch has kind of been created for the express purpose of being what the movies would be about, um, and so up to the point that I'd also assume that maybe they would do the uh, Zendikar storyline as their kind of starting point. Um, also, maybe... also, it's, it's, it's notable to remember that, like, the Magic the Gathering movie has been in development for years now. And, like, it's not, I don't want to say that it's close, but there have been major, major writers, the Game of Thrones writers that have been attached at, at different points. Like, this is a thing that's eventually going to happen. So, like, we're just speculating on something that you might hear an announcement about in the next six months. Who knows? Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, what we want. I become skeptical on how much the Magic the Gathering movie for sure will happen every year that goes by. Um, but we'll see. I, I definitely think it's possible. I also think a TV show is also a, a definite possibility. Um, yeah, it's true. As time it's goes on, like, these TV show formats are something that, A, studios are probably a little bit more willing to take a risk on a property like Magic the Gathering, and B, um, probably lend itself a little bit to this format a little bit more. There's a cast of characters that go on multiple episodic adventures that feels a little bit more akin to a TV show. Um, something kind of like The Legends of Tomorrow does or sure. uh, some of the FX shows or some of the Netflix shows I can definitely see as an alternative to the Magic movie. And something I maybe would like more, I definitely think um, this type of storytelling does better in television. I think, you know, I love movies and I love TV and I think each one has its time and place, but I think a story like this might do better in the TV world. Right. I mean, I, for me, the biggest inspiration to have this conversation came from the fact that I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and uh, it's full disclosure, I had only seen about half of the first movie, but I, I like, I read Guardians, like, knew about a bit about it. But they were just able to take such, like, largely irrelevant characters with no background who just kind of, by, for all intents and purposes, should not have been able to star in a movie that good and make it so good that I was like, you know what, if you put the right people behind it, there's no way they can't make this magic thing work. There's just, if you get the right team behind it, it will work. Yeah, I agree. I, so, I don't disagree with you. So, yeah. so we're going to cast everybody. So we, uh, the way I put my list, I don't know how Ben did his list or what his list looks like, and, and likely he'll just list things off. I have, like, probably one A-list actor for every level um, every character, but I don't think in the long run, I think one or two of the older characters, like the Gideon or a Johnny, might be a A-list actor, but I think all five or all six being full-on A-class is really unlikely, and a good example is Guardians. I mean, if you look at pretty much every character in Guardians of the Galaxy when the first one came out was not uh, an A-list actor. I think Bradley Cooper and... Um, uh, Vin Diesel being the closest, and both of them did all of their stuff after filming in a, an audio room using voiceover. So is that really true? <laughs> is I think I think you're maybe a little off on Bradley Cooper there. I feel like I feel like Bradley Cooper is probably the one. Vin Diesel was definitely on the upswing because of the Fast movies. But Bradley Cooper, I want to say, Silver Linings Playbook was like that year or the year before, wasn't it? It was the year before. 
So Bradley yeah. Cooper was in. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but The Hangover was like two years, three years before that. Yeah. So I. So Bradley Cooper was the biggest. Is the biggest name star in the movie. But, but yeah. My, I, my, I, my, my point was that they they did a hundred percent voiceover, so they weren't on set and they were cast after filming. I believe. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, versus. Like Chris, uh, you know, uh, Chris Pratt wasn't famous. Like this is what made him like famous at the same time of doing one other movie, and then yeah, yeah, like... wasn't famous. Uh, what's his face? Uh, John Batista wasn't a famous. You know, th- these are actors that were all well. well not only uh... people know who they were, but they weren't they weren't Hollywood elite. And I think like you know, yes. for instance, to to maybe get started, Liliana. I have Charlize Theron. I think would make an amazing Liliana of the Veil, but I don't think she would do the Magic the Gathering movie. <laughs> Um, you never know. I mean, I mean. So let's start with Liliana. I mean, I will just say before we move entirely into it that I think this when you t- when you say the Hollywood elite, I think that's the most accurate description of what the people who made the film were not when it started. But also, there's a they chose a weird class of sort of like sub A list A listers. Like Zoe Saldana had starred in Avatar and Star Trek totally. at that point, so she was like major, but like no one knew who she was. You know what I mean? It, it, like Vin totally. Diesel's a massive star who like no one really cared about at that point. Um, so, but yeah, I hear completely what you're saying. So let's get into Liliana first. So sure. talk to me a little uh, bit about so, what, what, like, for the story, for the purpose of the story, for the Gatewatch, what is Liliana's character? What, what are her so traits that we Liliana, know? Liliana vaguely is an eternal, <laughs> she's like a thousand years old, but she looks really young. So that's kind of a weird place you have to be. So you have, kind of want to go with someone that's probably a little bit older, but has, I mean, the nice thing is that older in Hollywood is still like 29. <laughs> right, right, right. So, or like 30s. So you want to aim. That's why I went with Charlie Theron as my choice is someone that's like definitely sexy, someone that's super fierce, someone that's super strong as, as an actress and a personality, but also has kind of the feel of an older soul while also looking relatively young. Um, and that's what, like, beyond that, I have like Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, and Kristen Ritter as probably the other two. Kristen Ritter being playing up the very sarcastic side of Liliana, which is definitely something they've played up recently, um, right. would definitely fit really well. Probably, If I were to pick on my list, Kristen Ritter would probably be my number one choice for the role. So I would say, right at the top of my list, and this was suggested originally by a listener, Jeff Roberts, but Alexandra Diodario is a really, really strong choice for this. She's going to be in Baywatch. She was in True Detective Season 1, San Andreas. She's a little smaller, but she's really up and coming, very striking eyes. Uh, another suggestion that I heard, I think, from Brandon S. Russell was Kate Beckinsale. I think Beckinsale is an interesting one because she's got she is a little older in Hollywood, but still looks super young. Um, and then for me, the last choice that I think would be good. My, my problem with my only problem with those two choices is that they're both a little bit serious. <laughs> like the like Liliana is much more of the sarcastic, talks crap regularly kind of character on this list, which I, I mean, I, I definitely think, you know, the, the choices you made do fit to a certain extent, but continue. Sorry. My last two choices, I think, uh, this is one that I like a lot is, uh, Naomi Harris, who originally is the, she's the girl in 28 days later. She was just in Moonlight. She's Money Penny in the new Bond movies. Um, I like oh, her yeah. a lot. I think she's got, she's got the swag, kind of the, the sarcastic thing. I think that would be a cool casting choice. And finally, my wild pick of this that I think is a cool pick, though, is Rebecca Ferguson, Mission Impossible 5. Came out of nowhere. Total, total, total badass. And she's just great. I just thought she's, she's, she's one of those actresses. She was just in life. She's just great. I think she would be really, really good. Yeah, she's really good. I like Rebecca Ferguson. So. A lot. Of it. Um, cool. All right. So, next. Why don't we do... Let's switch to the the aged side uh, of Johnny Goldman. So uh, something I do want to point out really quickly, because because it makes note of it with with Liliana when I with Naomi was I was trying to ask this question on the show yesterday on Anchor, but like how many of these is it? Because like gender specific, you have to keep the character who they are. That's important. But as far as yeah. race specific, I don't actually know how important. Like I think you could maybe race shift. Like I, I think like nationality is something that like you can be pretty fluid with those with this casting. I don't know how important it is. What do you think? Uh, I think I, I, totally. I, I think there's some that has more space and some that has less space. Um, right. I mean, to be totally honest, I think, and my list doesn't really uh, represent this, but I think Chandra could probably go more towards. Uh, an Indian nationality, since that is what she is. She's half Indian, so you can sure. have a little bit more of that representation. Uh, Nissa, I think, the in general, could probably be anyone. Uh, I think 
I think Jace has been their poster person for so long, and he fills that archetype. I, I do think we definitely could do that. I don't know um, if they would, necessarily. And then Liliana, Gideon, yeah. I mean, Gideon, they've like kind of tried pushing as a little bit more of a uh, Middle East... Though they have, sure. like, like they're like very vague on that, so it'd be very, I'd be, I'd be interested to see what they would end up doing there. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so, so second, we're getting into a Johnny. You said yes, a Johnny. Right. So for those who like a Johnny was kind of this badass who fought Nicol Bolas, but he's now, for all intents and purposes, the Obi Wan Kenobi of this movie. Um, and I would put so much money down that he dies in the movie if it happens, mostly. And partly because, A, that's what the character role is kind of meant to fulfill. That's what Gandalf does. That's what Obi-Wan does. That's what um, even Dumbledore, like that kind of archetype. But then on top of that, he has to be expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just as a character doing a giant lion man, uh, especially if they go the TV route. Like, I can't imagine him lasting super, super long. Uh, my list, I have uh, Patrick Stewart is my first one. Oh, um, you're, you're like going, like, because for voice acting, you're going older. Yeah, yeah, it's a voice actor. We, there's no yeah. way we see this person actually, so it's more about how, like, the presence of their voice. So my three picks are Patrick Stewart, Gary Oldman, and Ewan McGregor uh, for different reasons. Patrick Stewart has never really gotten to be, I guess in X-Men he did it, but he, like, of his contemporaries, this will be, like, kind of the first time he gets to be this mentor role. Um Gary Oldman obviously has the acting chops of a god. <laughs> Amazing, and yeah. Is, has done a lot of these character movies before, so I can see him doing this one, especially being that it's voiceover. And then I think Ewan McGregor doing just his Obi-Wan voice would be perfect. That's probably more wish fulfillment than that's actually serious. I go, so I go a couple different directions. And a lot of these ideas, this one in particular, I got from these conversations you guys will hear at the end, but. Um, my best pick on this was Liam Neeson. That was my own pick. I, that yeah, that I like to me Neeson. feels that feels to me like the most accurate. Just the voice. I mean, he even plays Aslan in Narnia, so like he's got the yeah. big lion thing. Um, Brian Cranston was a suggestion that I heard, and that's pretty freaking sweet. Pretty uh, awesome. I don't. So my problem with Brian Cranston is I watched Power Rangers where he's Zordon in that, and it yeah. it doesn't work as well as I would have hoped it would. Not that I love Brian Cranston, I think him as an actor and in person is really good, but he like from that perspective of like the older battle worn warrior, I don't think Brian Cranston works as well. Okay. Partly because we just saw it. it, literally because I just it just happened, and if I hadn't have seen it, I'd be all on board. But after watching Power Rangers, I was like, ooh, okay, sure, fair enough. Nice. Okay, so Cranston was another one. Um, Idris Elba was another one suggested that I thought Ooh, was pretty I cool. Love Idris Elba. That was yeah. sweet. Big, big down. fan of Idris Elba. Um, those were the few. It's funny because we're not going to cast Garrick, right? Garrick is not part of this exercise. We can we can talk about it now. He's not in this exercise, but if we're going to, you know, we can bring him up. I mean, I personally, so, I think The Rock is who I would go with. But. If, yeah, if you wanted him to be. My, I think my, or, my, my or, best choice on Dave Bautista. Yeah. John yeah, Batista. Yeah. Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Yeah, yeah. That was my best choice, yeah. but but I think his his strongest qualities in that movie are, as Drax are all his like humor, which I don't think Garrick's gonna do that. Um my but my single favorite actor to be like a feral warrior in all of Hollywood is Hugh Jackman. And Jackman oh, so okay. Yeah. Jackman so, as Garrick uh, would be sweet, but I think also Jackman possibly is the voice I mean Jackman could also be the voice of uh of a Johnny. No, I have him as Gideon, as, oh. as my, like, <laughs> wish fulfillment side. I think he's, like, perfect. His face looks exactly the same. I found online a comparison of the two of them, and they're, like, it's the same, like, tan, scrunchy, good-looking, with sideburns. Uh, <laughs> um, I also think another good choice for Garrick, before we get on to uh, Gideon, which it sounds like we're about to do, um, would be Jason Momoa. Mm. Which is he's definitely typecast in that position, but I think he's like he's big, barrel chested. You know, people are pretty used to him being a giant, hairy dude. I think that would definitely be pull pull offable. I think you could also have Momoa as 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 Gideon. Uh, Gideon. Yeah, yeah. I think he kind of well, works. Like, as... I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. Is like Gideon and and Garrick are. Partly because Garrick in real world, like, let's be honest, the real person, I think the only person I can actually think of that could really pull off Garrick is the guy who plays the mountain on Game of Thrones. I don't know yeah, his actual yeah. name. Yeah, somebody suggested like, that. 
he's like the strongest man literally on the planet like has broken thousand year records um but yeah that's kind of the point like Garrick I think is another problem similar to Ajani and having both of them would be hard because he's almost a CGI big character <laughs> yeah I feel you um, I, I, I feel you on that one I Jackman the thing is Jackman's strongest qualities when it comes to like action roles are that like intense a little bit crazy like no thing that he does which is like who do you put that on like who has that best and like who gets to do that and that's like Garrick is, I mean, like, because, like, Garrick's more, like, Garrick's, like, a classic berserker, quiet but fierce type, where, like, Gideon's, like, the, I will do honor for my people, and then, like, will charge into battle and be indestructible, and then, like, has that moment of, like, oh, I decided to challenge the gods, and it failed, and everyone I love is dead now. Right. Is there, Darn it. <laughs> is there any role for Sean Bean? Like, I tried so hard in my mind thinking about this to come up with a way to use Sean Bean, but all the Sean Bean... I think he could do a Johnny. Easy. I think Sean Bean is too old now for Gideon. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like my biggest argument against Hugh Jackman um, for Gideon is that he's also possibly... Like the reason he stopped doing X-Men is more because he's old, not because he thought, oh, it's my time to stop being Wolverine. Sure. That's fair. <laughs> he's like, that's I can't fair. handle the workout on this. Um, so I, I do think... I think that if I were to pick... Uh, Sean Bean, another good place, are like the Ugins or the Karns of the world that we're not really going to be talking about today, but would definitely come up. Ugin, the most likely for the first Magic movie, just because he was involved with the Battle for Zendikar storyline. So I definitely think there's a place for Sean Bean. I just don't think it's in the Gatewatch. Sean Bean's strongest qualities as an actor, like where he succeeds the most, is he's kind of badass, but he's ultimately flawed. Whether he's, like, an honorable flawed or he's, like, an evil flawed. Everything from, like, Alex Trevelyan in, in, in Goldeneye to, like, Ronin to Boromir. Like, he's always kind of that same... Even even Ned Stark, who, like, was not flawed... He was flawed because he was, like, too honorable. He, like, was not able to play the game correctly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always a flaw. It's, like, that's kind of... He doesn't get to just be a straight-up hero who wins. He's, he doesn't get to be Aragorn. Right. And I, I like... A sor- like uh, other than the fact that he looks nothing like him, that's like vaguely close to what Soren would be doing. Or, but I, I don't think that like that's why I don't hate the idea of him as Ugin or Karn. Both of them kind of flawed characters. Um, it, like everyone else doesn't really fit what his archetype looks like from a planeswalker hmm. perspective. I'm like trying gotcha. to think of someone that really fits, and I don't have a good answer. Um, other like he could do in a Johnny. Like I can see him being a Johnny as a voice actor. Like he has that uh, depth of you know. He speaks yeah. of the trust. <laughs> He's um, the best. Uh, but uh, finishing Gideon, I also have uh, Liv Schreiber. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. I could see Liv Schreiber doing a really good Gideon. Yeah, he, like he, they also look really close. He's you know has that kind of like I am a, ba- a warrior kind of thing. Uh, on the younger side, which I think this is a little bit more silly, uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> I do love Channing Tatum. I do love him. I don't. He might be a little too silly. <laughs> what about um? What about yeah? What about Oscar Isaac? Yeah, Oscar Isaac's pretty Oscar great, Isaac. right? He could do it. Uh, yeah, I think I, I like. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Tatum. I, I don't know if Oscar Isaac is bulky enough. Like, I, I'd have to be proved to me. Like, Gideon's supposed to just be like all beefcake and and. And I would like Oscar Isaac doesn't fit that archetype as well. Sure. Right? I mean, he can't. I've never like seen him be buff. <laughs> There's a guy named Zach McGowan. Isaac. There's a guy named Zach McGowan who's on Black Sails and he's also on the Hundred. Um, he might be good. He looks. They, they, he he gets cast and looks kind of like Gideon in everything he does. Sure. He's got the long hair and the very warrior presence. What's your thoughts on Luke Evans? Luke, Chris Evans, you mean? No, Luke Evans, uh, who recently played Gaston in the Beauty and the Beast movie and was probably the best part of that movie. Luke Evans, Gaston? Oh, oh yeah. wait. Luke Evans for, for Gideon? He was also uh, Dracula in Dracula Untold. Told. He was the bad guy in Fast and the Furious 6. He's, uh, what's his face? Oh, uh, oh, 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 Jason sure. Brother. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was just forgetting who that guy was. Um... Yeah, yeah, he's look at, solid look at choice. Him in high rise. He's got the big mutton chops. No, no, I, I know, I know who you're talking about. Well, yeah, yeah, he's probably that's a pretty good choice actually. I think Luke Evans could pull off Gideon. He, he's a good character. Cool him. Yeah, he's a good actor for this. He's a good character. He's also not super well known, so he's my like number one pick when it comes to like 
likely choice is what kind sure. of my number one picks have been. Um, all right, so Gideon, who, who do you want to do next? I think we saved Jace for last. Uh, Nissa, because I have the worst choices for Nissa. Um, my first one is somewhat of a joke, is Die Antwoord, the girl from Die Antwoord, but this is purely sure. because the actual original artwork for Nissa was of her. <laughs> sure. If you go fair. look at Nissa's original artwork, it's literally Die Antwoord with like elf ears. <laughs> yeah. What about um, what about Una Chaplin, who's the she's she's uh, Game of Thrones. She's Rob Stark's girl from the Red Wedding. Oh. She's Charlie Chaplin's she granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. I'd want to see what she does in other things. I didn't love her in Game of Thrones, but I, maybe that's more I didn't love her storyline, not necessarily her. And that doesn't mean she can't be good. She was in Taboo. <laughs> I haven't seen Taboo. That's the new. That's uh, the new Tom Hardy show on FX. Got it. My my reach is Alicia Vikander. Oh, I love Alicia Vikander. I freaking yeah. love Alicia Vikander. And I don't think it's that big of a reach because like she she's definitely like a well talked about one, but she hasn't been in. Like Middle America doesn't know who Alicia Vikander is. <laughs> you know who it like is? Like, yeah, yeah, but she also won an Oscar, so she's pretty. She's pretty uh, like yeah. up in the clouds right now. You know who I think would be sick is Adina Porter. Um, she's in also in the Hundred, but she was in she was in Newsroom. She was in Underground. Um, she's like a pretty big time dramatic heavy hitter. Um, super super intense. Uh, okay. But I but I think she would, well that's that's. That's like the point of this role, though. Is like Nissa's is kind of the intense one, as, as far as I can like gather. She's not my favorite of these characters, but she's like very intense, is what I would have kind of say. And so that definitely is fitting. Um, who's the girl? And I forget her name. In she spoilers uh, for um, what's the Kevin Spacey show? House of Cards. House of Cards. Uh, spoilers for that. Who's the girl who is like the reporter in the first season, and then oh. she's not in the second season for reasons. Kate. Kate Mara? Yeah, Kate Mara. From Fantastic Four and, and yes. uh, The yeah. Martian and everything? Exactly. I think she would work. Mm. I love me some Kate Mara. She's wonderful. Sister yep. Roo- sister to Rooney, Rooney Mara from Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Yes, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. Yep. Who I... Right, so, yep, go ahead. And anyone else for Nissa? Um... I, I think it's true what you said. Nissa feels very fluid in terms of, uh, in terms of nationality. Uh, she feels like you could kind of pick anyone from anywhere, and they really work. It has everything to do with the intensity, which is, I think, why I like Dina Porter. Um, you know, I'm trying to think if there's I any... Gal, I have Gal Gadot. I mean, obviously that's a reach, because sure. she's currently Wonder Woman, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gal Gadot could work. I was trying to think if there was any... I was trying to think if there was any Asian actresses, any Asian-American actresses or that would work for this that like are that aren't coming to mind that i'm just like forgetting about sure yeah i can't nothing nothing's immediately jumping into my head i'm wondering if i'm I'm, i am wondering if that's like i was i'm imagining those with the marks on her face you know the like uh runes on her face or whatever that she has you know what i'm talking about nissa doesn't have runes on her face she's got like hair things yeah, the hair thing, like whatever. The, the hair mask okay. thing that she wears, whatever the heck that is. The, no, that's the shapes. Liliana. You're... No, no, no. The, the, the like, shapes on, on Nissa's face. I'm looking her up right now. I, I don't know any... Okay, let me see. Like on the new Nissa? you're wrong. Doesn't, in, in the new Nissa, she has like, like, like paint on her face or something? Uh... I feel like she does. Am I just completely and totally making this up? I'm looking. Um, I'm looking. No, she has mark. She has she has markings all over her face. Oh, those. Okay, okay. I see what you're talking about. Yep, She's, yeah, fair enough. I'm trying to think whose face looks cool with markings like that because you don't actually get to see. It's not a clear portrait of anyone's face here. Like for instance, Zoe Zaldana could play this role. Like this. Like I feel like you could pretty much. This role, I don't know that that much about Nissa, so I'm trying to come the up only, with The only issue I have with Zoe Zeldana is that she's, like, kind of been typecast as pseudo-elf character in every property she's in. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Yeah, like, she's like. Yeah. I, I think, like, from a typecast perspective, she's perfect because she's literally played this role. Because Nissa is basically Gamora, basically the girl from, you know, like all every role she's in is like basically this. So like, I, I I'm totally with you, but <laughs> it's a little yep. too much. Totally. Um, all right. We got. Uh, all right. Uh, let's do Chandra. So uh, for the first thing I went towards is is kind of going the redhead direction. Uh, uh, you know the the 
famous people that people always kind of brought up online was like the Emma Stones of the world. Sure, like, sure, I sure. That's a little, like a little too easy. Um, Karen Gillian is another uh, redhead actress that probably would kind of fit with the role, and she, she has a little bit of the attitude that maybe Chandra would maybe require. Who is uh, that? For those who, that's uh, she's um the blue girl in Guardians of the Galaxy, but she was also Amy Pond in Doctor Who. Gotcha. Um. So she's 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 a pretty like she's like famous, but she's not, you know, she's that like B level. She's a guardian. Literally. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I feel like somebody suggested somebody suggested, um, uh, you know, Jon Snow's wildling from Game of Thrones. She would work. She would work definitely. Um, uh, I, I also have I'm, I'm going to butcher her name, Madeline Pesh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From Riverdale, <laughs> she's too young. She's too. She's way too young looking. She's like too sexy looking. I feel like you. She's well, almost like. I think you would possibly be going that route with this movie. Like I, I'm not saying you necessarily would, but there's a definite. There's a version of this cast that is much more CW than it is. Um, Fair. Anything else? Yeah, no, and I, I don't disagree. I, I also had her for a long time under Nissa. Right. That's, that's fair. She's like. Yeah, um, and then uh, Felicity Jones was my like non redhead. I love Felicity Jones. Um, yeah, you're just going really with good. all the you're just going with all the Eddie Eddie Redmayne uh, Oscar nominated and winning co stars. Yeah, I also have Eddie Redmayne under Jace. So <laughs> yeah, strong strong choice. Uh, Urek, so I I went speaking of Kate Mara, I went Rooney Mara for Chandra as my favorite choice for this. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, girl with dragon Actually, tattoo. Like, Thinking about it, I almost like Rooney Mara more for Nissa, and then Kate Mara Kate more Mara. for Chandra. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't actually hate that casting. I don't hate that casting yeah. at all. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, this was another one where I thought Naomi Harris almost would work. I, I sort of think she could kind of work for both characters in a lot of ways. Um, and then there was one other that came to mind for me that I was pretty stoked on. I can't remember. Oh, oh, uh, Blake Lively. I think you could Blake Lively this. I think you could make Blake Lively a redhead, and you could she could totally pull this off. Okay. I don't know how much personality Chandra needs to have, is the question. I don't really know what that character is. She has. She's more personality-based. I mean, she's like a stereotype. She's like a fiery redhead who likes blowing stuff up and lets her emotions kind of rail. So, like, she definitely needs to have a range from an emotion perspective. Um, sure. Which is why I went with what's her face from Riverdale, uh, yeah, Madeline, because she has yep. that like fierce anger range. Um, as is Karen Gillian. Like, you, like if you look at her in Guardians versus her as Amy Pond, she definitely has a good range there. Um, Felicia Jones is a little bit more muted um, versus Nissa, who's a little bit more of a muted personality character. Um, what about what about um, uh, Sansa? What the heck's her the actress's name? Oh, her actual name? <laughs> yeah, I like know what her name is, but it's not coming to mind. But yeah, Sansa Stark. Uh, she's also she's also my one thing with that is I don't know if she'd be interested. This is so similar to the fact that she's also now the new Jean Jean, Jean Grey, right? Um, and like that's pretty comparable. I don't know if she, a her contract in that might make it so she can't be in other superhero properties, and this is close enough, right? Um, and B, Sophie Turner. That's right. Um, Jace. Yes, it's important. Jace is an important character. The, the Mickey Mouse of Magic: The Gathering, the blue mage, the generic. I mean, like, part of me really wants him to be a Chris. Like, whoever plays him have the first name of Chris to follow every other Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris. Sure. You know, that that world of things. But my picks, uh, my. Famous one is what's his, uh, from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him, Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. Yeah, um, he seems like a it's a, a little bit more introverted choice that sure. like, has the whisper mumbles. Um, and then, but my favorite pick is actually Dan Stevens, um, who oh, was yeah. uh, Beauty and the Beast from from Legion, from Beauty and the Beast, and from um, he was uh, Downton Abbey. He was. Uh, Matthew, <laughs> sure. But uh, if you look at him in Legion, where he—it's a very similar role. He's like a—he's playing the main character in that, and he has mind powers that like he can read minds, and they're altering. But he's kind of crazy. He like is really really good, but he has kind of that like he kind of looks like Jace at the same time. I think he would be like really perfect. So all right, my my favorite choice for someone who is like smaller, if we're going with the smaller cast, is Dane DeHaan, who's I love Dane DeHaan. Uh, yeah, but he's a little too. 
Mousy. Mousy. Jace yeah. isn't necessarily a, like a mousy character. He's he's more in the generic, though introverted side of things. Right. This guy is a president somewhere, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Dane DeHaan is one choice. Tom Hardy is another that I like. I think that's strong. I think Hardy mm-hmm. is brooding, but I think you could still get away with it. Um, I like him more as Gideon, but yes. Fair. Yeah, and the fact that we didn't use Tom Hardy for any of the recasts is insane. And then last but not least is Michael Fassbender, who is just awesome. And would probably I love be... Michael Fassbender. He's a little old for Jace. Yep. I feel like, because the point of Jace is for the audience to put themselves into the role of this character. So to have him be as generic as possible is a little bit part of it. Where Michael Fassbender is like, I can see Michael Fassbender as a Soren even, or like an older... Sure. Fastbender's kind of a he's Fastbender's kind of like you, you want to burn him on Jace. You're gonna end up burning Fastbender somewhere in the franchise because he's like just the best Gary Oldman esque actor we have right now, who's just like good at doing everything. Right. So like he's gonna end up somewhere in this franchise if it's huge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If it's successful or, or good, he'll definitely end up on it. I I I wary of him being Jace because you know Jace is meant to be a younger, more relatable character. So sure. if he's like early thirties slash twenties. Versus Michael Fassbender, which is just definitely more of a a, a seasoned person. If he was a yeah, more bulkier guy, I'd like him more as Gideon. But he's not. He's not a. I mean, they just put him in. A, they put him in Assassin's Creed, but like, yeah, it's true. So yeah, but in any case, I think that's. I think those are strong choices. So I mean, that's that's the Gatewatch right there. Yeah, that's that's all six of them currently. Yeah, so first and foremost, we should say, guys, we would love for you to tweet at us. So tweet at us about your choices. We probably will put up something on the Twitter, like cast your own, um, because this is fun to talk about. Um, and if you tweet like your list, we'll retweet it and everything like that. We can respond back and forth about it. Um, the only character from the original Lorwyn 5 that we didn't recast really was Garrick, right? Because we did Sean early on. Yeah, so that's pretty much... Uh, and we yeah we kind of ranted a little bit about Garrick. So that's the that's Magic the Gathering the movie. And I guess we we'll save we'll, maybe we'll do a part two, maybe we'll do a part two another time, which is extending into some of the other characters that we didn't get to talk about. Tezzeret. Oh, and, definitely. Yeah, and we can kind of follow based on where they're at. I think there's some really cool characters that I really want to see. I like to be totally honest. I think they're going to do the Eldrazi storyline first because that's where the Gatewatch start, and they're kind of involved on both halves of that. Uh, but I would much rather see kind of the new Phyrexia storyline um, or where like we get Venser and Karn and Koth and Elsbeth, which I think are all kind of cooler characters necessarily than the Gatewatch. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. So because we're bad at this and because we're doing all of our audio across the nation, Ben's audio stuff didn't work. So we're going to do the deck tech uh, next week. Um, when we do our brew episode, so we're going to do brews next week. So if you guys would like your brew, it needs uh, we would prefer involved cards from the most recent set. Amaket is the Amaket brew off, and the way to do, uh, to contribute your brew is to go to the Patreon at uh, Patreon.com/slash/TheMMcast. And if you donate anything, including just a dollar, you're able to submit your brews, and we will then put them into consideration, and we'll pick uh, three to four brews of people on the Patreon to kind of go over it. So go to Patreon.com to donate your brew, uh, and then. If you just wait up one second, we'll play the audio from Ben's conversation with his uh, lovely girlfriend and his other friend um, and talk about the original Lore on 5 and what they would cast. And then um, uh, that'll probably be the end of the episode. So just make sure to follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. Go to collected.company to check us out. Go to Lifelinker. Uh, download the Lifelinker app. It has cool stuff. You can collect all the different background skins from all the different content creators you love. Um, make sure to listen to the Command Zone. They do great content and... Uh, if you like Commander especially, they probably have a lot more to say about what we talked about earlier in the episode about the ban lists. Um, and uh, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, go all the places. Facebook is something we kind of want to try and be better at. So if you want to maybe communicate with us on a personal level, Facebook is the place to go. That's facebook.com slash the MMCast. Uh, we'd love to communicate with you there in person. Uh, thanks again from Alex. Uh, you can follow Ben at, at Ben Bateman Media on everything. I'm at Kess Wiley on everything. And we are at the MMCast on everything. Thanks, guys. And oh, and keep listening for all the the other casting stuff. Bye. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Ten Minutes of Magic, the Daily Show here on Anchor, talking about the best game in the world, Magic: The Gathering, for just about ten minutes. So, this whole last day or two, I've been talking to you guys about recasting—not recasting, but actually for the first time, casting the original five Planeswalkers, the ones that were printed in Lorwyn in two thousand seven. So, Chandra, Jace, Ajani, 
Garrick, and Liliana. And there's the five. And, and there's been a lot of talk about the Magic the Gathering movie that's eventually going to happen. So um, what I've done here is you guys have heard my girlfriend, Roxy Stryer, before. She has a station called Take You Higher with Roxy Stryer. Sometimes I give her card names. She just, like, talks about them. What we're going to do right now is Roxy and our friend Mick, who also lives in Los Angeles and also is in the movie business, uh, I'm going to show them a picture one at a time of each of these five planeswalkers. And uh, when I do it, I'm going to give them, like, just a brief precursor of, like, the feeling of that guy. Or girl, and then they're gonna just talk for a minute about who they think could play it based on what they know. So this is a real, just like shot out of a cannon approach to doing exactly what we're doing, which is casting Magic: The Gathering, the movie. So thanks for listening, guys, and we're gonna start right now with the face of Magic, the face of Magic. Okay, guys, here you go. The character is called Jace Balaran. People refer to him as Jace. His color in the game is blue. He's a sorcerer. He's really, truly like wears the cloak casts spells, he's very knowledgeable, he's smart, and this is the picture you're going to get to see here. Uh, here's the picture. That's Jace Bolaren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm going to hand the mic over right now, and they're going to just start talking for about a minute about who could play Jace. You guys have free reign. I'm going to start with Mick. Okay, I like Tom Hardy to play Jace. Um, I think this guy sounds like a natural-born leader. Uh, clearly someone we can see, you know, be brave. Uh, if this is like the face of magic, I'm sure he is taking on the greatest obstacles. Um, yeah. Are, are you as unfamiliar with magic as I am? Ryan? I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I know nothing about magic, but okay. here's, here's what I do know. This person looks like both a 12 year old and an 87 year old at the same time, which is a little confusing. Uh, based on that, I think we cast really young. So they're able to do makeup to morph old. So if you guys have seen 13 Reasons Why, the main guy in that who also was on Scandal also was in the movie Prisoners. His name is Dylan. I'm forgetting his last name right now. But he would be bomb because he's kind of weird and he's got that shy thing going on. But then he's like, bam, I'm powerful. Okay. Um, I feel like if we want someone who can play a wide range, I'm going to stick with Tom Hardy. Uh, he definitely can pull that off. Uh, we can age him down, age him up, whatever he needs to be. I don't – I see what you mean, that he looks like a 12-year-old and a 97-year-old, mm-hmm. but also like a hero at the same time. I like your pick because he will bring the f- people to the movies. Yeah. That's the star power. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Tom Hardy, guys. I think that's a great pick. I hadn't gone there myself. I, when I did this, I did Dane DeHaan, which is interesting. But it's actually not too far from what you said, Rox. He's very young looking. They're going to see right now a picture of Chandra for the very first time, Chandra Nalar. And based on what I describe in the picture, they're going to spend a couple minutes talking about casting Chandra in a Magic the Gathering movie. So, guys, Chandra Nalar... Was, Jace was the blue planeswalker. Chandra was the red planeswalker. So as you would imagine, fire, red. Um, she, she ignites all of her abilities, have a lot to do with burning things, and uh, she's, she's a firecracker. And she's cool. I don't know that much about her, to be honest. I do know her home planet is Kaladesh, which, yeah, that's a, that's a plane. She's from the plane of Kaladesh. Here's a picture of Chandra Nalar. Okay, I'm looking at Chandra Nalar now. Wow. Yeah, oh, Roxy's she's upset. <laughs> she's she's struggling. I'm gonna give the mic this time to should I give it to Roxy for the first time? Just catch her in the act right now. Oh no, she's looking. I'm gonna give Mick a second here to talk first. Oh no, Roxy wants to go. Here we go, Rox. Okay, so beforehand, when you just said Chandra, I started thinking of all the females I could think of. Like, where am I gonna go? Who am I gonna cast? But then you showed me this picture, and I feel like we gotta go old school and bring back Dakota Fanning to kick butt in this role. Cause she's got I would say blonde hair, but really she's got fire for hair. So that's kind of close to blonde, and Dakota Fanning was blonde. And she's also got, like, balls of fury, so she's probably pissed. And Dakota's like, hey, why was I a way bigger star when I was a kid? So she's got anger and shit. Uh, And then also uh, Dakota grew some boobies, and this girl's got some boobies. Wow. Okay, I like that call. Um, That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, though. Let's see. She looks. I, I'm having a hard time gauging age on these characters. No idea. They they could be any age. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the take yeah. take age out of it. Yeah, do it. And I'm gonna go. What's her name from Mad Men? Is it Monet Hendricks? For the redhead. Oh, oh, Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks. Yeah, I'm gonna go Christina Hendricks here. Cool mm. cool um, I see her. Uh, 
as a fiery representation on Mad Men. Uh, I don't know. That would be interesting to see her. Does she have ears or goggles? Goggles. The goggles are a big part of Chandra. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get her some, like, Gucci goggles. Yeah. Brand it. Yeah, absolutely. Rock it out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that cape, because we just saw we just saw Guardians of the Galaxy. It's kind of like a Star-Lord cape down there mixed with maybe a... Uh, What's the name of those dancers that wear all red and they're like, like a oh, like um, like a cha-cha. like a salsa, the dancer. salsa, 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 yeah, so yeah, it's like salsa meets Star Lord, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm watching Modern Family right now, and another, I just see Sophia like Sofia Vergara. Yeah, that's who I was thinking before I saw her. Oh man, I maybe know. I. I I like Hendrix, but she's got spice. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I went Hendrix initially. But yeah, Sophia has the spice. Now this looks like a. I'm giving her blonde because her hair is like fire. But yeah. I don't know that she's blonde. How do you feel about the fact that she deals ten damage to target players and each creature he or she controls? I feel like that confirms that it should be Vergara. Yeah, me too. Full of fire. Thanks, guys, on that one. You guys you guys jumped all over the place to end up on Sofia Vergara as the strong choice for Chandra Delar. I On this one, I actually uh, went with uh, uh, Rooney Mara. I went with the girl with the dragon tattoo. I thought that was a cool choice. So, Easy. Yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. We're going to move on. Uh, guys, Liliana Vess, the color of the card is black. Liliana is, uh, I mean, black in magic, she represents it, which is like sacrifice and like sucking life and uh, making you, it's all about greed and she's hungry for power. I don't know the story of magic that well, I'm going to be honest with you. So <laughs> there's probably more I should be telling you that I'm not, but this is what she, Liliana looks like. That's the original art. She, there's been a lot of versions and she's cool. She's really cool. But this is the original artwork for Liliana Vess. Other names of the character have been Liliana of the Veil, Liliana of the Dark Realms. Okay, here you go, Rox. I'm ready for her. So she's kind of a mix between Eva Green and Charlize Theron. And I'm talking about Charlize in the most recent Fast movies because she had, she had that long, blonde, weird, not dreadlocked, but kind of twisted hair. And this chick's got weird hair. And she also, Charlize's face was looking a little, a little wonk in that movie. And this... Chick's face got a little wonk, but Eva Green with the evilness. If you watch Penny Dreadfill, she totally gave it to us during that. Uh, and again, with the, the good bod, she's, she's got a nice boobies. Yeah, I'm actually going to go uh, Lady Gaga here. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Cool. Lady Gaga. Yeah. Um, she's starting to emerge as an actress. She's got that new movie coming out, right? And she did American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, I like her intensity. This person seems like a like a godly energy, and um, I think Gaga can carry that, and she can carry a big stage. She did in the Super Bowl and you know Coachella all the time. And I like it too because remember, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but the people who follow Gaga are her little monsters. I feel like whoever follows this chick are little vesters. Mon- that's like I put the word best and monsters together there. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, I like that. Was I didn't know Gaga's followers were called monsters. It's news to me. Little little monsters. Okay, very yeah, I think so. very good. So the choices here that got submitted, Jeff Roberts had called in and said that he thought Alexandra Daddario should be cast, which I thought was a pretty cool casting choice. I actually kind of went for that. Uh, that's she's the the girl in um, San Andreas, and she's in True Detective season one. And she's in Baywatch. Um, she's hot, and she's got that real pale skin. She's kind of evil. But also the other one that I suggested I thought was Naomi Harris, um, Money Penny in the James Bond movies, and she was just in Moonlight as the mom. I think she would be great. I think she could really pull this off. Twenty eight days later, so that was my choice. You would be good too is um, Famke Jensen. I just uh, was watching Taken again today, but just in general, and I'm, and Hemlock Grove. Yeah. That she gives me those vibes. Yeah, she's a badass. All right, guys, thanks for talking, Liliana Vest. We got two more left. We've covered we've covered blue, we've covered red, we've covered black. We've got like uh, green. green, green and white left. Yeah. I was gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> good. I'm gonna show them right now. Garuk Wildspeaker is the name of the character. So Garuk Wildspeaker is the color green. He's like a beast. He makes beasts. He's kind of like a beast lord in some ways. And uh, the, there's been discussion from people on this show that Garuk Wildspeaker kind of has almost like a CGI Andy Circus feel. I never got that feeling. I always got that he was like just like a beast lord. But I'm gonna show you the picture right now. This is Garuk Wildspeaker. 
He like lives in the forest. Um, he's very forest oriented. Um, I know, but he's got a mask on. It's kind of hard to see. So you guys got to talk about who you're going to cast. Duh. Okay, ready? Here we go. He's Jason Momoa. What are you crazy? He's like, he's like a Aquaman-y kind of buff, freaky, cool dude. Okay. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm in this guy's all body. I'm trying to think of a someone big in it. Who played? Who played? Smell what the Rock is cooking. Oh, I'm thinking like, uh, who was okay from Game of Thrones? The um, Dothraki guy. No, I see that. I see that, but I'm gonna go a different guy from Game of Thrones. The Mountain. Who played the Mountain? Yeah. Oh. I don't know his name, but sure. yeah, he's good. Yeah. And he's kind of freakier, and this guy maybe has some scars. Like, Momoa's the sexier version, and the Mountain is like, no. He's like, I'm, killer, yeah. straight. So maybe this dude has an aria that he takes care of, because if you untap two target lands. You're mixing him up with the Hound, though, because yeah. the oh, Mountain oh, didn't oh, take care oh, of our oh, oh, yeah. Oh, the Mountain's the one with the eye squisher. Yeah. The Mountain with the yeah. eye squisher. He's that huge dude. We, yeah, he's yeah. like six eight. He's like actual. The hound like would be good too, dude. though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could see the hound. The, the character, the people that I put for this were, um, I really liked the idea of of uh, what's his name from Guardians, Drax, um, the MMA guy. Oh sure, Batista. Yeah, yeah, uh, Dave Batista was the guy. But I was like, I don't know if he could pull off like just like not talking and still being entertaining because it's like him's laugh and stuff. And then the other person I said, though I think you'd be a little too lean, is. Jackman, because I love Jackman, and I think at this point in his career, a little like a grizzled CGI Jackman playing a beast lord, he's got the best guttural yell of anyone in Hollywood. I think he'd be great. We basically agreed it could be anyone from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Peter Dinklage. Um, <laughs> I could see it now. Uh, yeah. The other people. Dinklage would be an excellent choice. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think that... As long as it was somebody pretty buff, it doesn't seem to really matter because we don't even see that homie's face. Fair enough, guys. That was, those were your comments on Garuk Wildspeaker. Uh, we only have one left. We have last but not least, we have a Johnny Goldman. So thanks for listening. This has been a lot of fun chatting uh, the casting choices for the Planeswalkers. Um, we, the agreement was that anyone from Game of Thrones could play Garrick. Um, so that's what we got. Uh, if you guys are enjoying what you're hearing and you want to jump in and follow along with uh, the, the folks you're talking to, uh, Roxy is at Roxy Stryer on social, and she's on Anchor as well with a station called Take You Higher with Roxy Stryer. It's a cannabis station. Yep. And Mick also at Mick Torres, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, on Instagram. You can see what, who's talking. You can see Mick. He's got, he's got Garuk muscles. Mick could play him. Mick's a bodybuilder. Yeah. And last but not least, we have a Johnny Goldman. So a Johnny Goldman, guys, you're going to see he's kind of a cat kind of a lion in some ways. And uh, the big comp is that he gets referred to as kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the Planeswalkers. He's like the older, wiser. Um, he's got a scar over one eye. He like heals. He, he, uh, he makes your other characters gain life. And uh, he's like very wise and he has a cool big axe. A Johnny's awesome. Here's what he looks like. A Johnny Goldman. He's got that kind of Obi-Wan Kenobi sort of wise leader feel to him. They're just looking at Ed Johnny right now. I'm going to just thrust the mic in their face. All right, guys, stream of consciousness. Here we go. Well, he's, he has no face. He's huge. So it's hard to tell his age because you said he's like the older, wiser. But yeah, I, I was thinking like Ian McKellen, Anthony Hopkins, and then you turned it, and I'm like, no, that's not. Yeah, I was thinking Jeffrey Rush, and then he turned it, and I was like, well, homie's a tiger. A big, like jacked. Yeah, so, I don't know, kind of similar to um, our last... Garouk. Garouk, thank you. It could really be like any of those GOT people, or maybe a Vin Diesel type. I guess if he has to be older, though. I mean, who's old and jacked? You said Hugh Jackman. Yeah, no. You'd probably be great for this. Okay, now, look, if they're going to make him look like that lion thing, they're going to... They're going to do a lot of CGI. I think if he's got the wisdom, but he's got that intensity, I'm going to go Brian Cranston. Oh, that's a great one. Just because I think he can bring that wisdom that you need. Um, I'm not sure about how they're going to do the lion-looking thing, but in terms of attitude. I feel like Brian Cranston's a good choice because he would be humble enough to let his face be covered. Most of the big celebrities in Hollywood would never play this character because he's got... 
he's a he's a lion. So. so I had so I had said Liam Neeson was my go-to for this. I just saw Taken today, and I didn't even think of that. I, Liam Neeson would be great. I actually think Brian Cranston's an excellent choice for this. Um, I think that's that's wonderful. But I I do think if you're going to go full CGI, you have a, a wider range of choices because you can start to go with like the Brendan Gleasons of the world and the people that have that sort of wise character actory sort of Hollywood thing. But Neeson's great. I think Cranston's excellent though. What about like Idris Elba? Yeah, great. That's a great choice because I think because especially if you're gonna if you're gonna do CGI, you can throw. You can completely throw um, a race to the wind. You don't care at all. Like you don't even have to think about how it would fit. I mean, I actually have no idea what race a Johnny would be anyway. But you don't care whatsoever. So if they have a great voice, they just fit the character. Yes. Yeah. Get yourself <laughs> is a great choice. I think that's cool. Yeah. What, what's in What's in his hand? A big axe. Looks like a fish head. Maybe he's a fisherman. We're going to leave you with that, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been 10 Minutes of Magic, casting the Planeswalkers with Roxy Stryer and McTorres. Follow them on social at Roxy Stryer at McTorres. And, uh, of course, continue to listen to 10 Minutes of Magic here on Anchor. Find me on Twitter, Ben Bateman Media, if you want to share your thoughts. We have a whole entire episode going up this week on the Masters of Modern Podcast on Collected.Company, discussing this subject, who we would cast, even expanding into the other 20 or 30 characters that have been printed. So uh, that's what we're going to do, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been 10 Minutes Magic. Have a good one. Thank you for your attention. See you later, alligator.